Howdy folks, welcome to our podcast, Life in the Saddle. This is Ben Longwell with True West Horsemanship. We're glad you're here. Join us as we share stories and adventures and interview extraordinary men and women in the equine and ranching industries to gain insight into horsemanship and life itself. It is our mission to help people and their horses better understand one another and achieve together that which they cannot do individually. Thanks for riding along with us. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. It was a great privilege and very exciting to finally visit with Duke Phillips of Ranchlands. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation, but before we get started, I wanted to make sure you knew that we've been invited to do a week-long clinic at the Zapata Ranch, which is managed by Ranchlands in Colorado next April. We're going to have a fantastic time digging deep into horsemanship, what it is, and even more, the why, when, and how behind what we do from the ground into the saddle on out onto the trail and the practical scenarios that you deal with when riding and working with horses. For more information and the booking link go to truewesthorsemanship.com and the events page there. Check it out and we hope to see you there. Well everybody thanks for tuning in today and I I hope you're nice and comfortable because I've uh, finally been able to sit down and visit with uh, a fellow that I've, I've looked up to for a long time and the work that he's done, uh, Mr. Duke Phillips. And so uh, just make sure you're comfortable and we're gonna get into the, the uh, history of, of Ranchlands and what they're doing here in the American West. But uh, Mr. Phillips, I just appreciate you taking your time to sit with me here and, and share some of your insights and stories. Um, maybe just briefly for those who, who are listening to this, could you tell us a little bit about Ranchlands, what your mission is and uh, what you're doing, and then we'll sort of go back and, and, and dig into how that all began. Sure. Well, we're a uh, ranching operation. We run cattle and we have a bison herd that we oversee as well. Um, I was raised ranching and um, I always knew that's what I wanted to do. And um, I, uh, I spent a lot of years in my 20s working on ranches uh, all over the United States and abroad. And finally got a chance to get my own place by answering a RFP that the state of Colorado put out on a, a large 80,000 acre ranch, Eastern Colorado. And that gave me my start really for the first time I had my own place. And along with that came the, the, um, the nut, right? The, the lease payment at the, that I had to cover. So I started looking at things a lot differently thinking, you know, how am I going to make this work? And um, as I look back, you know, the financial, pressure is really i think part of the success that we've had it's because we had we didn't have a a um oil well or a, a trust or or something like that so what we did we had to make happen ourselves on the ground with with the cattle and horses and so forth so that began our journey and um basically i didn't have anything except um a few horses and I had about 30 cows and some debt against them. And um, we started taking cattle in. And I worked for the Lassiters right before that Lassiter family who founded the Beefmaster breed. And so I knew a lot of 
a lot of people just from selling bulls. So um, eventually, you know, we started putting a few cows in the corner somewhere that, that we owned and that grew. And um, we also started looking at opportunities um, to generate income from whatever way we could, you know, whatever amenities the ranch had, what we liked doing or thought we might like doing. And, and so we started doing a lot of things that um, were really not traditional, such as um, inviting people to come out. And, and um, we didn't want to really offer a dude experience in terms of, you know, pony rides, but we said, if y'all want to come out and do what we're doing every day, um, you know, show up at six in the morning and go out with us. And so that launched us down the road, you know, inviting people to come out. And, and over time, that, is, that has been a diversification in our business from a financial standpoint. But it also, I think, more than anything, has created a group of people, a constituency that are interested in ranching. You know, they want to know what what is ranching because it is the most misunderstood thing there is, I think. You know, some people think it's, a, you know, the, the cowboy sitting on galloping across, shooting his gun or sitting inside of a hill, you know, but chewing on a piece of grass. And then they have the other side think that we're mining the land, you know, we're tearing everything up. So, and, no, but, and neither is true. Um, so... So anyway, it's it's created a a following or a group of people that um, we've become friends with and who really want to support ranching. And so, and then another thing we did, we started putting concerts on, inviting musicians. Say, well, we'll just uh, charge people for tickets and make a little extra money, and that never happened. But we had a really good time dancing <laughs> and, and all that. Then we invited artists out to to paint and do photography and then put a big show on a, on a big hay bale wall and say, well, we'll charge a commission, right. And make a little money. That never happened either, <laughs> but we had a lot of, a lot of fun. And um, we also, uh, since we lived 45 minutes from Colorado Springs and Pueblo started inviting school kids out. And after a while, um, we were pretty overwhelmed with, you know, up to 2000 kids coming out. Wow. So really what I'm saying here is that um, what we love doing and what keeps us alive, that makes us happy is the cattle and the horses and the land, living on the land and making it work, and, you know, from an ecological standpoint, from a, a cow, you know, not being afraid of you and being able to handle our uh, horses that you enjoy riding, honest horses. Um, that's that's our backbone. That's who we are. And all the other things that have happened have created a group of people. And, um, and many of those things don't make any money, but they uh, have created a mission, I guess, that, um, that has made us look out and say, how can we, how can we perpetuate ranching into the future? And can, how can we, uh, keep doing what we're doing so our kids can do it and and um, so really that's what it is I think that's what ranch lands is it's kind of a long way to answer your question but uh, we really um, 
have become um, motivated to figure out how we're going to make ranching work um, by teaming up with people. Right. And there's so many different aspects that you just mentioned in what you're doing and the philosophy of what you're doing, how you're approaching those things that really get me excited about, about that. And I want to get into a bit more of that as we go along. So you're, you're, you guys are operating on four or five different places in several different states. And there's obviously going to be diverse type of climate and terrain and, and different factors that you're working with there. Um, how did that start to develop from starting there on the Chico 20 some years ago and moving forward to develop like what you have, really that multi-use approach of, of the land and the cattle and the horses and the people, the education and how this all fits together to be not just profitable, but beneficial for the land, beneficial for the market, the people who are interested in maybe what ranching is, but also where their food comes from and, and how, how it all can work. How did that start to develop over the, these last, I don't know, two decades or so? Yeah. Um, it just happened, you know, it's just, um, people ask me, how'd you come up with all this? And I said, I didn't, I mean, I just, <laughs> I, was, I was pretty scared most of the time trying to figure out what to do, you know, with, with everything. And, um, and so it, it was just, as I said before, if, you know, if you're, if you're, if you got to make it work, right. If you don't have something that you can, you can, uh, write a check from to cover mistakes or whatever, then you, you got to make it work. And, and so basically that's, that's what happened. I mean, we, we just, um, <laughs> I, I, I guess the first, the, the, you know, we're on the, on the Chico, the first ranch and that was big enough. And I come from large scale uh, cattle operations. And so that, that's my inclination. And, um, and so as soon as I had an opportunity uh, to, to, um, look at another ranch or, you know, try to make something else happen, another lease. Uh, well, then I jumped at it because I want my kids to be involved. Right. Just like most ranchers. Right. And, and I said, well, what happens if my landlord takes this place away and I've got a cattle herd and I've got the, all these things, you know, trucks and stuff, what am I going to do? So I better have another ranch. So, so, I mean, that was the thinking behind it. it wasn't like, well, I'm going to build an empire. Or I'm going to, um, you know, make a bunch of money. I was just saying, okay, I want my kids with me for as long as I can keep them and get another ranch. And then that led to another one. And, and then um, I guess what happened then was I realized, well, it's pretty damn competitive, right? I mean, we're all wanting, wanting land uh, to lease uh, in the United States anyway. And so, uh, you know, how can we make ourselves competitive? So we branded ourselves Ranchlands, and um, which is an unusual thing for a commercial operation. You know, uh, seed stock operations do it all the time. But uh, anyway, that led to 
I mean, it's just everything started growing. And, you know, another opportunity came up because people heard that we, you know, we do this, we do that. And, you know, we, we have really um, built our story around um, the importance of keeping land healthy. And so conservation being a hot item, um, it, you know, that's, that's been a great, a great um, way to tell our story. And it's not just a story, but it's, it's what we do and what all ranchers do. Right. It seems like you're almost um, kind of on the cutting edge of that sort of thinking with working together with conservation groups or uh, focusing on whether it's ecotourism or educating the market or people who are interested in ranching just for their own uh, understanding or whether it's your educational uh, programs that you have with the apprentices and the interns and, you know, young people who are coming up who want uh, that practical experience in ranching to, to further their own careers and stuff. All of those things, again, I just love how it fits together and it, it all serves every aspect serves the other aspects and builds towards that common goal. It's just, it's an awesome thing to me. How did, how did your apprenticeship programs develop and, and, and how did that all get started? Well, again, it's just out of need. Um, you know, I've worked with a lot of cowboys and, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing cowboys, but, um, Many, if not the majority of them are pretty rough on livestock. And um, there's, and so anyway, um, I couldn't afford to pay a lot of money for a good cowboy. So I, I hired two young guys and I re- didn't know which end of the horse was which. And that's really how it all started. And um, I said, listen, if you stick with me, I'll teach you everything I know and I'll help you um, make your way. Right. And that, that's pretty much what happened. Um, and then, um, then we named it, you know, so everything, everything in the world outside of ranching is about branding, building brand, right. You know, all the stores, all the big names, you know, everybody is telling their story about why they're great and what they do and all these things. And so, you know, we create, um, we, we create a, um, apprenticeship program and, and so then we develop a pro it's a product. And so we, we start thinking about, you know, how can we make it better and how can we serve uh, young people and, and how can it help us obviously. And today all our ranchers are run by graduates from that program or, or, or young, young people who are, are in the process of being trained and not a single one of them has comes from a ranch. Wow. And I joke about, you know, there's no habits to break, <laughs> you know, with That's people who, who don't come from ranching. But no, we've had some great kids from from ranches, you know, um, I, Cooper, Her- Cooper uh, Hibbert from Montana is like a son of mine. Um, he's running his family's ranch, but there's a lot of great kids that we've that come through our program. Yeah, it is true. And I know with what I've done with educating horses and people. Uh, you know, their owners for the last 12 or 15 years, 
sometimes it's easier to start with somebody who is just beginning out with horses or doesn't have much experience with with what you're talking about and you just sort of can show them some things and and they just pick up on it because they haven't done it any other way whereas if you're dealing with someone who's maybe vastly experienced with horses or a certain discipline or a certain way of being around them or riding or whatever it is and you sort of try to suggest a different way of doing things it can be really difficult for them to to pick up on that that's really true um it's uh, costly at first. A lot of mistakes are made. You've got to have a lot of patience. But um, if you get someone who's got a great attitude, that's all you can ask for. It's kind of right. like a horse. Absolutely. Absolutely. So would there be a story or two that you could share with us from your adventures with people or horses or cattle throughout this, this journey and uh, maybe just that highlights a, a lesson learned or a principle in, in what we're talking about here? Oh, yeah. I'd have to think. I can tell you some funny stories about these young guys. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, well, we had this one kid that um, we were, we were, we were going to go out and brand and, and we left him behind. He was going to come out with the wagon and it was this old wagon that uh it told him very very carefully and very specifically you need to go very slow because this thing will fall apart (laughs) (laughs) and so uh we were probably four or five miles from headquarters and we had got the cattle and we're all sitting there waiting for him and the road is went right by the pens and then it turned about you know a few hundred yards and came back along the fence to the pens and so we had a perfect view of him coming along and man he came up that road and he was ripping along and and he had a big hand out of the out of the truck and he was just waving big he could almost see a smile and meanwhile the wagon had had um was just bouncing and things were flying out pretty soon the wagon crumbled we were all sitting there going i can't believe that this kid doesn't even see what's going on behind Oh my God. And some of the guys that I had there were, you know, guys that have been around a long time and and they want to know where in the hell did you get this kid? (laughs) 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 Oh man. Um, Uh, That's funny. Yeah. It was, wasn't very funny at the time, but it sure is funny now. No. Like you said, I'm sure at times it takes a lot of patience, uh, you know, but to have the right person with the right attitude is invaluable. If they want to learn, you know, and if they're hard workers, I know I've had a couple of good apprentices uh, down in New Zealand when we were based down there, you know, and young, young people that were just uh, passionate about, about learning, easy to teach, picked up on things and worked hard and and uh that's that's the real key i think yeah yeah i love them uh it, it's one of my favorite things you know the what's really cool is you know at the beginning they're just completely green right and so they're walking across headquarters and they're kind of looking around and they come up to you and say what do you want me to do now and 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 they're just kind of wandering around and <laughs> with no purpose and trying trying to figure out what to do and and uh, so you know that goes on for a while 
and then um, and then what's what's really cool is all of a sudden something happens and you see it and they're they're walking at a brisk pace on their toes in right. a very specific direction with very something very specific on their mind. Right. And you go, you go. His, his, his journey is just starting. It's so yeah. cool. And, you know, having young people, most of them are um, mid or even early 20s. Um, it's just a whole different vibe. You know, young people that are excited about something, you know, they're everybody's learning, everybody uh, wants to help and everybody is, you know, has a, has a dream that they're, that they're in the midst of making yeah. it happen. And yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's, you know, most things in life, you know, come and um, you don't anticipate them. You, know, you can't sit here and say, Oh, well, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Yeah. And um, I never, I never dreamed that, that this would be something that was, you know, so fulfilling and it's made my life as rich as it has been. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think that, you know, that story really is, that's probably the most commented, you know, when people hear about what we're doing, you know, that's, the most commonly common thing that people bring up um, in terms of, you know, giving young people an opportunity, you know, the ranching and, you know, agriculture is a hard thing to break into, as, as you know. Um, and so giving people a chance to um, come in and make mistakes and learn and then become part of the operation. And then, and at the end of it, uh, be invited to become a partner in our company. Um, that's very, very, very um, meaningful to me. Absolutely. Yeah, it's huge. It's a huge thing. It's, it's exciting to see because uh, ranching and agriculture is hard to get into. And of course, then on the flip side, it, sometimes it's hard to stay in. A lot of folks are, are leaving it or, or, you know, getting higher paying jobs in the city or whatever the case may be. And I guess that's always been the case, but um, it's exciting to see, you know, that there are young people still hungry to to come from outside of that world and, and to put in the, the hard work and, and learn and, and be a part of that. That's yeah. really, really exciting. I think the other thing that's really uh, exciting, you know, ranchers, um, including myself, or not, we don't, we don't see ourselves as, as um, guest ranches or, or dude operations. You know, my work used to work for Dale Lassiter, a professional cattleman. He, he came to me because he was managing his family's ranch. He said, we, you know, we gotta, we gotta think about other ways to make money. And, you know, how about if we start thinking about, you know, starting a guest operation? And I basically said, over my dead body, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and, and then as soon as I had my own place and I had to pay the bill, that's one of the first things I thought of. <laughs> and really what's happened, you know, as I said, I've said a little, referred to it before is, you know, now we have these pretty amazing group of people that circle the world. And what we found out is that people really care about the land. They really, they want to, to be involved, you know, 
you know, you, you, you can, you have, you can make a choice if you're looking at a guest ranch. I have a lot of young, not a lot, but I have get calls from young guys who are trying to make a go of it and they don't want to be working at the concrete factory down the road or, you know, on the, and the feed store and says, you know, what can I do? And so you can look at a guest business as something that's negative. Oh, it's going to impede on my life, right? I can't do what I love doing because I'm going to have these yahoos running around. But you can also look at it as an opportunity to change the world, do something positive, give something back. Mm-hmm. Uh, because these people aren't coming to, um, I mean, they're coming to have a good time. They're on vacation, but they, they always want to be contributing. You know, if they arrive on the ranch, what can I do? I remember the very first guest we ever had was a girl who was a secretary in, in, out in L.A. She arrived. And we're going, okay, what do we do? How are we going to do this? We've got to make her happy. You know, we're just, and she came over and said, listen, uh, I'm going to be over here. When you guys get, you get your work done or whatever, don't worry about me. Um, you know, just, you know, I just want to help. Just tell me what I can do. And all our guests are like that. And, and we have had people who have invested in cattle. And we have people who, who um, give us a call and says, I'm tired of all my my uh, work i'm i'm coming over for a couple weeks and um i just want to go ride with you i just want to go fix fence and do whatever it is yeah. so anyway it's just it it's just uncovered um this intense interest about the land and living with the land um and trying to understand what you know you know how you how you make cattle work and you know as a business and how you know, horses are a huge thing, obviously, and horses are a really big thing for us. So, I mean, so that, that's, you know, you asking about a story or something that I've learned. It's, it's, it's that there's a majority of people out there that want to know more from a completely positive thing. And if we're going to move ahead as an industry in terms of perpetuating our life as ranchers, um, our legacy and we have to do something with these people because we only are represent two two percent of population yeah and i think that's also why you know non-traditional relationships we, we run a ranch for, for the nature conservancy and they've been one of the best uh, allies that we've ever had um and we've learned a hell of a lot from them and they're all great people <laughs> you know how we get in these pissing contests where you know, pointing fingers at each other. And it's, it's all, it's all BS. Really. We all want the same thing. Right. Right. Instead of, you know, picking out the differences or, or thinking that we have to be at odds with one another all the time, there's, you know, mutual ground that we can meet on and and figure out how to achieve the same, the same goals. So there was, there was something that had come to mind as you were visiting there. And one thing that I want people to be aware of is, is what's, your, what's your take on, you know, when we're talking about conservation and the ecology and such, how are you using those cows to, to manage that land and, and, and ma- really make that land better uh, for, the, for the wildlife, for the perpetuity of the business and the families, your, your kids and, and, and uh, ranching as a whole? How does that all work? Well, 
Um, Alan Savory, are you familiar with him? Yeah. Uh, so he he's one of he's one of my heroes. Um, he came from South Africa just quickly and and brought a way of thinking from that that was um, um, that he he came away with from observing land that didn't have any fences and still had nomadic tribes had these amazing wildlife communities that were still intact and he basically said you know the bison used to roam here and they'd uh, they they would fertilize the ground and they would knock down all the old plants so that it was laying on the ground so it could rot or you know um become right. soil again recycle right break down because in a brittle environment or dry environment if it just sticks up in the air it's just going to oxidize disappear right and so there's a symbiotic relationship between large herding animals and land the grasslands of the world wildebeest for example right change was stopped nine days for that one one bison herd bite so anyway you have this this and then when they leave it would all rejuvenate and so all we try to do with our livestock is to move them in a migratory fashion around the ranches uh, so that we do not come back to plants until they have recovered. Right. And so we're basically monitoring the surface of the ground to see how much dead materials laying on it to protect it, to keep moisture in the ground, keep seedlings growing. Um, the biggest thing, of course, is resting the ground. We want to make sure we rest everything. So it's not really complicated at all. It's very simple. Um, but there's a lot of, obviously, a lot of controversy around him, um, which is too bad. But uh, so really, it's just using cattle as a tool to manipulate the surface of the crown to right. achieve our innovation values. That's it. That's Ecosystem right. process. That's right. And I like how you how simply you put that and that it is you know, not complicated, especially as you're working with with nature, really, the way it was all designed to to work. And I appreciate because for people listening, you know, and, and whether they're they're horse people or, or otherwise, um, just to hear how, again, all of this can work with a real symbiotic relationship, just like what you guys are doing with Ranchlands and the different aspects that you that you have operating the cattle are such a big part of of that. Um, not only ranching, but um, conservation and and really bettering the quality of the land. Right, right. You know, one of my favorite things to tell people is that I think ranching is the most uh, compelling alternative to large-scale conservation there is, uh, because you have ranchers who really care about the land. I mean, they're from it, and they got kids that are coming into it. Um, they have a lot of institutional knowledge just handed down generationally and they're on the land. You're not some environmental uh, organization that in Atlanta trying to manage land, you know, hundreds of miles away. Right. But the biggest problem is us ourselves. You know, if you call, <laughs> I got a lot of friends, you call them a naturalist or a conservationist, he'll hit you. I'm a horseman, you know, I'm a cattleman. Um, I'm not, no, you know, I'm not an environmentalist, but right. we are. And, and that's what we do. I mean, conservation is a product we produce, just like beef. Right. But we don't see it like that. So um, hopefully one day we will. And 
then we're going to start getting paid for this, the, the skill of, of, you know, that, that we're able to do. What you're saying there kind of reminds me of here a year or so ago when there, there was a big in Colorado and I don't know what other states had this meatless Monday or whatever it was that they wanted to have everybody cut out meat out of their diet, you know, to save the planet. And of course, all the cattlemen's associations and everything else around Colorado, all the states, you know, they were like, well, we're going to have meat in Monday, you know, and so now we're, we're button heads, you know, and it was like this big controversy, you know, and it was, and it had been made about, you know, whether people were going to eat meat or not. And I remember watching a, um, a fellow who's uh, on TikTok, actually, he, and he teaches a lot about regenerative uh, agriculture and grazing and stuff. And he's, he's saying, you guys have got it wrong if you're just going to go head to head with these people about, you know, eating meat, you're going you're gonna to lose that battle. But if you can show them that what you're doing is actually sequestering carbon and capturing it back down into the ground, now you're talking their language and you're actually proving there's, there's multiple value in what you're doing. You know, that's partly why I'm saying that the constituency of people that we have been fortunate enough to get, um, they, they understand that. And, yeah. and, and they're, they're, they're going to speak to that. Right. Um, that, and, and that's, that's, that, that's why we have to look at the world outside of our fences as partners. And, you know, if we can get people to come to our ranches and actually meet us and go out and see what we're doing. Yes. Um, it's just like selling bulls. You know, the best way to sell bulls is to get them to come look at your cows and get them on the ranch. It's exactly the same thing. Right. It, it's interesting what you're saying about, um, you know, working with, with guests and, and doing something slightly different than sort of your traditional dude outfit. I've actually, I've worked for a different couple of different guest outfits where, where it was a working cattle operation and education of the, the people was, was part of what we were trying to do. But I, I just want to do that a slightly different way, I guess, in my, in my dream or vision, kind of what Natalie and I are working on. We, we, we want there to be, like you say, uh, an experience for these people that's, that's not just horseback or not just scenic rides or not just, um, cattle work when there is cattle work but but yeah the fencing and the water systems and and checking the grass or testing the soil or whatever it is that we're doing literally like um come and experience and learn and 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 work with us and to see everything that goes into this so that they can go away with a more thorough understanding and like you say then pass that on in their discussions and in their conversations with in their circles about what is actually going on with ranching and, and the production of food. Right. Right. Yeah. It's all, it's all tied together. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about the different ranches that you guys are working with now? Sure. Um, so I, I'm living on in, in Wyoming on the paint rock Canyon ranch. Um, and it's a traditional, uh, Western Ranch with uh, farming, irrigation, um, BLM, Forest Service right. permits. Um, it's got an incredible um, 
big creek running right down the middle of it, like almost through my yard. Um, so that's, that's, I've never, yeah, I guess I have had that before, but um, not in a long time. Uh, the Chico is um, a large ranch, Eastern Colorado, um, that the Colorado State Land Board owns. And um, we've had that for 22 years. Wow. Uh, it's a great relationship with, with the State Land Board. Um, it's an incredible place to open rolling prairie. Um, and then we have uh, a large ranch with the Nature Conservancy in the San Luis Valley, central southern Colorado, right next to Sand Dunes, and uh, with a large bison herd there. And we operate uh, another ranch in New Mexico called the MP. Uh, my son is weaning cattle there, preg testing today, right now, probably. Um, that's in central. Uh, Juniper Pinon country, very wild, remote, incredible place, hard ranch, but to operate, but um, really a cool place. My wife and I were there for two or three years, forget now how long, two years before we moved here. And um, the, um, the frying pan in, um, in Texas outside of Amarillo is a, probably the most productive ranch, 19-inch um, rainfall. Wow. Um, it's a great, great, great place. Um, our home base is the Chico. I have a son and a daughter um, in their early 30s that are full partners. And they live there with their kids, grandkids. Wow. Um, and so um, I have two other daughters that, um, that one is a fly fisherman and uh, training to be a, a bush pilot right now. And another uh, daughter that uh, works in Pueblo um, at State Institute there. Wow, that is so cool. How does that feel to have, have your kids working alongside you like that, just like you had dreamed about and worked towards so many for so many years? Yeah, I mean, that's been a dream going back where I wanted to, it happened to my father and brother and never really did. Um, really, it, you know, off and on. Uh, but not as a business. And so right. to be able to um, watch my two kids grow and they start telling me what to do. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, dad, uh, not doing that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> that no, is it's awesome. incredible. They're, they're so smart and yeah. um, they're just amazing so proud of them it's fun more fun than i can describe yeah yeah that is that is so cool so cool we were um when we were in new zealand and we were there for about 11 years up until the start of of this year basically and one thing we would do is bring groups of new zealanders back over here to the states to experience the west and and we actually had a week planned at the zapata um, or no, I'm sorry. Actually, it was the Chico. We are going to come for the spring branding, uh, oh, really? week at, at the Chico, um, in 2020. And so we had put together, my wife, Natalie put together the itinerary where we had different things that we do, I think in Denver or, um, Colorado Springs for a few days and then come out there to the Chico for, for a week. And, uh, we were super excited about that experience and being able to give our our students and and guests that experience and then of course uh covid happened and, and we ended up 
not being able to do any of that. And we actually ended up not being able to leave the country for a couple of years uh, down there. So anyway, when you got in touch with me there a few months ago about the possibility of doing a themed week there at the Zapata uh, with some horsemanship stuff and and whatnot, I was really, really excited about that. And we're really looking forward to being down there next next April for that. Well, I'm glad it's happening, uh, Ben. Um, you know, everything that I've seen that you do is really inspiring to me and um, really looking forward to, I hope I can make it. Um, I'm planning to, um, but anyway, I'm glad it's happening and um, it's going to be a cool, cool event, I know. It is. I, I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity that you reached out there and that we're able to, to make it happen. Uh, it would be it would be great to be able to yeah. meet you, meet you and visit face to face for sure. Yeah, I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> Do you find that there's quite a wide range of people coming from different walks of life? Because you have from what I've seen, some of your themed weeks can vary from photography to artwork to yoga retreats. I mean, I don't even know what all you guys get up to. Do you you find that there's quite a wide range of people coming for lots of different reasons there? Yeah, there really is. Um, You know, we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, how can we create something that is not totally dependent on horses because they're so expensive for one thing and then liability and, and then the people that you have to guide these, um, rides have to be pretty special too right um but um you know horses are um you know at the Zapata horses or are the are the big thing you know go out for trail rides go out through the bison sand dunes um horsemanship clinics um things like that brandings the chico it's uh more hardcore ranching so if you don't want to show up at three or four in the morning or seven o'clock, whatever time is we're getting going within you're on your own, really, you can go read a book or take a walk, whatever. Uh, but everybody, you know, no one does. I mean, everybody says, okay, I'll be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so yeah. cool. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It really is. Um, once you, you know, once you get, once I got over the stigma, right. Of, I'm not a do rancher. Right. Uh, I have a really, I have a, I have a good story. I have a, a friend that is a Cowboys cowboy, you know, like he's all Cowboys respect him and he can rope better. He can ride better. He can do everything better than anybody. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about, um, he surprised me one day because he came up to me and wanted to know more about what we we're doing. I'm like, yeah, but you're a cowboy. <laughs> so, um, so he said, you know, it's really funny. Uh, uh, Harry Bowles' daughter runs, you know, that rodeo uh, stock company now. And uh-huh. she also had a little side business back when Harry was uh, alive and um, would bring people to the shoots and, you know, people who wanted to see the, the, the back end of, of, of a rodeo. Right. And uh, she hired, she would hire Jason to, you know, to take him back there and kind of lead him around and be, be the, the wrangler, so to speak. And right. he says, 
that because of that, everybody thinks he's a he's a dude guy. He's a dude <laughs> dude wrestler. I mean, people who don't know him, right? But, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I imagine that the world, you know, especially the ranching world sees us as a, as a dude ranchers, even though we run a lot of cattle and we're not really that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that there's, there's a, I guess there's a place for everything, but I, I am very much, uh, passionate. I think like you are about the education side of it and giving people an authentic experience that, that that's, that's more than it's, it's not a vacation, you know, it's like, that's, I guess that's the simple way to put it is, um, yeah, this is not a vacation. (laughs) Uh, You might have fun, you know, you might have fun. You might learn something, you you know, you're, you're going to learn something. You're going to have an experience like no other, but, but it's, it's not a vacation. So you sort of, you know, those folks, those folks can go, go find a vacation in a lot of different places, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Most people say, you know, you should be paying at the end of the week today. You should be paying me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's when you know that they had a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That even that that's how people judge 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 it though. They say the level of enjoyment is directly related to how much they felt they contributed. Right. In real they're all like that. Everybody absolutely all of them. And those are the type of people that you want for yeah. lots of reasons, you know, but they're the ones that are going to learn, are going to retain some of the information, the knowledge and the experience they've got, and they're going to go talk about it in their circles. They're going to go um, explain to other people what ranching really can entail and, and does entail. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah exactly. And yeah. That, that's one of the cool things about our artist gatherings is um, we used to see it as a profit center. Like I said, it costs us money to put these shows on now, but um, you know, that exhibits the work that they do on the ranches. And so what we do now is we have a, we make it into a, um, a venue for people to learn about ranching and, and our biggest resource or the, or the uh, artists themselves, because everybody sees an artist as being, someone who portrays reality right as they see it right and so um you know going up to an artist say okay what was it really like out there on that on the ranch on the chico tell me the real story (laughs) and you know so you 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 are able to um gain an audience uh with people through events that you put on that uh, gives them uh perspective and 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 gives them the, the reality check that everybody needs, you know, yeah. what ranching really is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mr. Phillips, I think that we could visit a long time and I sure do look forward to, to meeting you. I hope you'll be able to make it down to the Zapata in April. Um, but just before we wrap up here, Maybe you'd like to make sure everybody knows where they can find out more about what you're doing, uh, website and social media handles. Yeah. Ranchlands.com is our website. Um, we have um, 
Ranchlands Mercantile. We have a, a shop there where we make That's leather right. goods. Um, and so, you know, either one of those, um, the, the, the Ranchlands website has, has uh, just like any website, you can go there and, and see how to get to any ranch that we operate on right. or uh, learn about the cattle we run or, or the um, education programs that we have. So um, we invite everybody to get in touch with us to talk if, if there's questions or any desire to, to, uh, Absolutely. You know, to, to do anything. Yeah. But then, uh, I really appreciate you inviting me onto your, your program here. Uh, it means a lot to me and I, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was my privilege. Thank you for taking the time and, and we uh, will catch you, catch you soon. Well, that's all from us today. Thank you for listening to Life in the Saddle podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share and leave a five-star rating or review. Remember, you can find us on social media or our website, truewesthorsemanship.com.